0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University, Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. On The Postgraduate Pharmacist,
1: we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events to expert advice, you'll have up to date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe.
0: Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or LinkedIn at The Postgraduate Pharmacist for
1: additional discussions or insights into our topic. All right, welcome to our listeners. We're very excited today on The Postgraduate Pharmacist. We'll be diving into a very hot topic, and that is social media. Joining us today, we have an expert and current almost finished PGY2 in infectious diseases at Huntsville Hospital, Madeline Belk. Madeline, it is great to have you on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me, Taylor and Sean.
1: So, Madeline, do you mind
0: sharing a little bit about yourself, your background so our listeners can get to know you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm Madeline Belk. I'm originally from Florence, South Carolina. And my um, path to pharmacy was kind of non-traditional. So I completed a bachelor in science in chemistry at Francis Marion University in Florence, South Carolina. Worked at the, at a pharmaceutical company for about a year and a half before going into pharmacy. I completed pharmacy school at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina. And my PGY-1 residency at Baptist Memorial Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. And that brings us here to my PGY-2 and infectious diseases at Huntsville Hospital. And it's been a really fun year with COVID, as well as having a baby. So that's why my residency year will end in a couple of weeks. It was prolonged for my maternity leave. So all good stuff and excited to see this training kind of come to an end.
1: I bet. And, and getting maybe some more time with that beautiful little girl that you got. I see her all over social media, actually.
2: That's right.
1: Well, Madeline, we brought you on the show today because you're obviously a big fan of the podcast. But also, you're kind of social media famous in, in the pharmacy world. Uh, and, and we wanted to have you talk about a quote controversial topic today so we know that you can provide a lot of valuable insight to the topic we want to discuss the use of social media for prospective postgraduate training candidates and how you can use it appropriately in order to help brand yourself and help your chances and not harm you
2: Yeah. So first of all, I'm absolutely flattered. (laughs) I love this topic. Um, I'm especially fond of Twitter so much that during um, my PGY1 residency, I gave a whole presentation on how to use Twitter to my co-residents and preceptors. So I've definitely learned a couple of things over the years and I'm happy to share those with you guys today.
0: Well, I'm super excited because I'm I'm wanting to learn something. We are not social media savvy. We try, we dabble, but we're excited (laughs) to have you.
1: Yeah. Back in the day when we went through pharmacy school, we were just told to stay off all social media. So uh, (laughs) we're excited to kind of venture into that topic today. I want to kind of just start by setting the stage. You kind of mentioned you're involved on Twitter mostly, but what social media platforms are you also involved with and were you involved with them as a student and prospective residency applicant?
2: Yeah, so from a personal standpoint, I do use Instagram and Facebook, of course, to share pictures of Eleanor. However, I don't really use these so much for learning and keeping up to date with the literature. Twitter's really my go-to for that. I joke with my friends and say, I feel like I'm scrolling through the morning news every morning with my cup of coffee. And so it's, it's definitely my go-to resource for staying up to date with new guidelines and literature that's been posted. I didn't discover how great Twitter RX, and that's actually hashtag TwitterRx, was until halfway through my fourth year of pharmacy school. I remember sitting in an airport on the way back from mid year when I created my account. And I quickly learned that there were tons of students all over the country going through the same pre residency process as I was. And we were able to connect through that platform. And I also, you know, was introduced to key opinion leaders within pharmacy who also used the platform. Um, and so that's kind of how I'm utilizing social media platforms.
0: When you were applying for residencies as a fourth year student, what advice were you given about social media use by mentors or preceptors?
2: Yeah, so as a fourth year student, really the emphasis was less on staying off of social media and more about making sure your posts were professional. So for example, no uh, profanity, no pictures of you at the club with, you know, taking shots or anything like that. And so I think Twitter, um, I embraced Twitter because a lot of my professors were already active on it. And so they kind of set the scene, helped me see like how you can be successful, how you can share your thoughts and new data in that setting and get feedback and learn from others.
1: So kind of a follow-up. It sounds like you really use Twitter from like a networking learning sort of platform and of stay away from anything really personal on that
2: when it comes to like sharing personal stuff on twitter i think it's great like i enjoy looking on twitter and seeing big life updates from the people i'm following and even i've shared things like whenever i had eleanor i made a post about it and i love seeing that stuff but i do try to keep it more so you know, learning, networking for pharmacy specific and infectious diseases specifically so that they don't run together with those other, you know, platforms that I view more so for myself and my family to know what's going on in my life since we're away from each other.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like You kind of blend a little bit, but not so much to where you can't tell if it's one's professional or one's personal or or vice versa. So what do you think is like the good kind of the the good line in the sand and how, how, how they should overlap?
2: That's really hard to say. I think it kind of depends on the person and their personality. For me, I know recently I've been super busy, and so I haven't even been tweeting as much as I should have, or not should have been, or as much as I would have wanted to. Um, I am involved in some other organizations that I help tweet for, and so that kind of takes away from my profile as well. I think that just a healthy balance, like a post here and there even if it's like a post every week, I think that's totally appropriate. If you want I follow one person who, um, she's actually a physician, but she shares pictures of her daughter every day and it's like a hashtag what's Olivia up to or something like that. And so I really enjoy that and it kinda, you know, makes sense with her presence on Twitter. Like that's what you kind of expect. And so it's what whatever you want to get from it.
1: Yeah, and I've even kind of noticed from the pandemic I think people maybe even that we more kind of in the professional realm in those social media sites before uh, with the pandemic and everything, it's kind of made us a little bit more vulnerable. I've almost seen and uh, willing to share some of the information to know that we're all in this together and kind of have some good news and, and everything every once in a while. So. Mm -hmm. I've kind of I've kind of seen that as well.
2: Absolutely. There's been several threads. It's like just share your dog or just share a place that you've been that was really beautiful so that we can have positivity because it can be very daunting, especially in the middle of a pandemic, all the posts that you're seeing, especially during a surge when hospitals are starting to overflow and all that So.
0: How about we do some postgraduate trivia? So if you have not heard our bonus episode yet, Taylor and I just attended the Podcast Movement 2021, and we're trying to decide if we should keep or trash PG trivia. So let us know. Click the link. We'll put one in the show notes below where you can give us your feedback. Should it stay or should it go? The power is in your hands. So I'll, I'll start us off with some PG trivia. If you didn't know... Taylor is absolutely slaughtering me in some PG trivia. I stopped keeping track. And if the segment goes away, I can can just, I won't have to live out (laughs) my shame too much longer. But my question's about social media. So my first social media account was a MySpace account. And I remember I really liked it because I could put, I could link music on there and it would play. Like you could click the song and it would play. And I thought that was just the coolest thing where people could start listening to the music I liked. I'm pretty sure it was like Linkin Park or something like that. I was a really uh, emotional teen. And so I had this grungy rock music and this, uh, this uh, you know, the screamer bands on there and whatnot. But I just thought that was the neatest thing. But speaking of old social media accounts, what was the first ever social media account that was created? And your options are Six Degrees, MySpace, LinkedIn, PhotoBucket or
1: Friendster? I really thought your uh, your question was going to be what was my first MySpace profile song. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, could have, I tried. That... To
0: actually tried to look that up, and I could, my account has been deleted. I think. So.
1: <laughs> well, my my guess is going to be PhotoBucket. I feel like that's I'm, I feel like that's something I heard of a long back time in ago. The day. Yep, back in the day. So that's going to be my guess. All right.
2: I truly have no idea. Friendster came to mind because I, don't, I don't even know if that's a real thing. But my husband, he kind of makes fun of all the social media sometimes, and he'll throw that around here and there. So.
0: Yeah, and it is it is a real thing. So you're both actually incorrect. Oh. Close. These were all actually released very like. At the same time, it's kind of funny how old some of these things are. So six degrees, which I'm assuming that's kind of a play on six degrees of separation. Have y'all ever heard that? Where it's like everybody's connected through six things. Okay, so that was one <laughs> thing with that was nine. One
1: thing is six feet of uh, distance. Yeah, that's I the. Think of, no.
0: <laughs> it's got bad connotations now. So that was 1997. You could set up a profile page, create lists of connections, and send messages. And it got one million users, and then it was bought for. $125 million in the year 2000. So we should have started a social media account back then, we would have been rich. <laughs> LinkedIn and MySpace and Photobucket were early 2000s. Uh, Friendster, yeah, LinkedIn's been around since the year 2000. I did not know that. Friendster was 2002 and MySpace was 2003. Uh, the Facebook was 2004. And then, you know, just Facebook in 2005. Twitter was actually the newest one in 2006. So there's a little history lesson for y'all.
2: Very interesting. Very
1: very cool. Okay, so my question has to deal with, since Madeline's from South Carolina, it has to deal with, it's a question involving South Carolina. So this question, it should be really easy and straightforward. I'm trying to let Sean catch up to me, and I'm sure he knows the answer (laughs) to this one. Uh, So what 2004 romance drama was filmed in Charleston, South Carolina, including scenes in front of the American Theater and at the Cypress Gardens and starred Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Mm. Sean, you go first, because I you think You had me
0: best. 100% stumped until you said <laughs> Ryan Gosling. I'm going to say The Notebook is going to be my guess, and I'm pretty sure one of those scenes was in The Pouring Rain, if I'm not mistaken. I've never seen that movie through to completion, but that is my guess.
2: That is right. (laughs) (laughs) Madeline, just out of curiosity,
1: did you know it before I said Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams? Yes. I I love the
2: notebook. I've seen it several times. I think I even actually read the book, the notebook.
1: Well, I added in the the actors and actresses just because I thought it would help Sean. Oh, yeah. That was was very nice. I needed that because I had absolutely no idea. Let's
0: keep taking a deep dive into social media accounts here. So what are some general tips you have for prospective candidates when it comes to their social media? What platforms should they use? How should they set up their profile?
2: Okay, so as far as platforms go, I say use the one you enjoy the most. For me, when it comes to networking and learning, as we previously mentioned, that's Twitter 100%. And a paper that I've read and that helped me build my presence was by Dave Dixon and Brent Reed out at the University of Maryland. And the name of the article is To Tweet or Not to Tweet, a Primer on Social Media for Pharmacists. I highly recommend reading this for more detail, anybody that's interested in really growing their presence on Twitter or really any uh, social media platform. Some general tips for building your profile that I got from this article starts with your username. So if you're using it for networking and learning, you want to make sure it's simple and professional. Mine is probably kind of boring. It's just my name, at Madeline Bilk. But I've seen several that are creative and still professional. There is, I think, a Cards Farm D, ID Farm D, and other people like make a play on drug names and use that for their Twitter handle. And I think that's really cool too. But as long as it's simple and uh, professional, you really can't go wrong there. And then for your avatar or your picture, you want to choose an image that focuses on your face so everybody can recognize you um, Twitter is really great because when you're at social media or when you're at conferences, maybe they are social media conferences, but when you're at professional pharmacy meetings, you can recognize people just from Twitter. And it's okay to say, oh, I know you from Twitter. And so having a good picture that shows your face helps you make those connections in person. You also want to make sure your picture um, is trustworthy and likable and asymmetrical. And so the asymmetrical part was really interesting to me, but apparently our brains tend to overlook objects that are already conformed to natural patterns. And so if you can do anything to kind of give, put some variety in your picture, that kind of helps with the, the likable, trustworthy part. And then when it comes to building your bio, you have to remember you don't have many characters. I think it's 160 character count now. So you include, it's good to include your location, city and state. So people can know where you're coming from, where you're working, your training is important to make connections because someone might see you and be like, oh, I did my residency there um, and reach out to you in that in that way. And that's happened to me a couple of times too as well. Um, And then just a brief description of your interests, this can be, you know, fun, it can be about what you're interested in, from a pharmacy perspective, or even from, you know, a personal perspective. So for me, I think mine says something along the lines of, I enjoy fighting the bugs, saving the drugs, and I'm a wife and mama. And so having a little bit of that personal touch in there as well is totally fine. And then some tips that I really enjoyed from this article was to be more effective. What are some things that you can do? One of them is share photos or screenshots of, you know, new guidelines that came out or emojis. Anything that's a visual that'll catch someone's eye is more likely to um, get their attention and give you a like or a retweet and get your, your message out to other people. Also mention others' accounts and tag them when, when possible. So maybe you have a question from your rotation and you want to know what an expert in the field thinks about it. Just simply tagging them and saying, this came up, what are your thoughts? Or being at a conference and really engaged in someone's presentation and you want to share a point from it, make sure you tag them in that tweet so that it's kind of full circle at that point as well. And then lastly, identify hashtags and join the conversation. So whether you're at a professional meeting or um, participating in a Twitter chat, um, identify those key hashtags so that people that are at the same meeting or participating in that same chat session can see your response and you can make connections that way as well.
1: Wow, those are all just excellent points. Uh, thank you for sharing those. We'll definitely link that paper or a, a link to the site where they can access that to make sure that our listeners can can find it. And I think you know just a couple other things. I've even seen kind of just following others on social media. You know, a lot of students will put what their current rotation is, and they'll even have emojis and things like that in their bio, like with the bugs and drugs. They have the little uh, microbe or bacteria and then, the, and then the drug. I think that's interesting. And then it really sounds like really kind of just engage in the conversation is what you're saying. you know, follow those hashtags, follow those experts in the field that you're interested in and, you know, talk to them. And I think I've seen just very supportive people in the in the field uh, with engaging students and uh, residents as well
0: any tips on how students can get a cheap but professional looking profile picture
2: so that's a good question i feel like everyone nowadays has a really good like cell phone that they can take pictures with i know i have the an apple and so i have portrait mode i feel like all of those pictures I take are just so good. It's impressive. And so just find yourself a friend with a good camera, even if it's just their cell phone camera, and maybe a background with minimal distraction. So you don't want a bunch of people behind you or anything like that. And I wouldn't even necessarily say you need to dress up and have like a suit jacket on or anything like that. I know mine is literally I'm on the beach. So Um, as long as, you know, you like your picture and it's clean looking, I think, I think you're good to go. I wouldn't put too much effort into obtaining like a professional headshot type thing.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how far phone cameras have come in the last few years. So sometimes the the picture you get on that is a lot better than other ones you could take. But I think that's good advice. Uh, One other thing I was thinking about that I wanted to discuss is I've seen a lot more programs, residency programs come out with social media accounts, Uh, primarily on Twitter and Instagram is, is probably what I've seen the most. So did you see these and did you interact with these accounts when you were applying? Or if you didn't, how do you think prospective candidates should interact with those programs that they might have an interest in?
2: Yeah, so these program Twitter accounts kind of surfaced during my PGY one year whenever I was applying for PGY2s. And I think COVID helped like made that a thing really because, you know, midyear year was, was virtual and so it was harder to connect to residency programs and get a feel for them. And so there's a ton of them now. I know on um, Boston Medical Center, BMC, they have a whole folder linked to different programs that have already created accounts. And so if listeners are interested, i say absolutely go follow those accounts, engage with them as best as you can. I know they they share a lot of stuff, just like get to know our residents post or they'll share tips for success. Interview tips come out. I know I saw a lot of that from the different programs. So absolutely engage in those tweets. And you never know. I mean, you might get an interview there and they'll be like, oh yeah, we see you on Twitter. And so I say go for it. I can't see out enough. My, my um, PGY1, they actually made an account like right after I left and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I preached Twitter to them all year long. And then when I finally <laughs> leave, they created an account. So
1: you're like, I could have run that thing. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, well,
0: that's what's going through my head is I'm like, Hmm, I should create an account for our program and have my resident run it. I'm sure Devin would love that. If I said here, <laughs> one more thing to do.
2: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> At least it's a fun thing
0: though. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And you can, so what, like, so you were saying interview tips and things like that, but is that like a platform for these programs to share just like clinical stuff too, just to keep other like, uh, similar specialties in the, in the loop with like just up-to-date information and things like that?
2: So from what I've seen is that as far as the clinical content goes, they might share their Resident CE topics, and even have the resident do like a tweetorial, which is basically a series of tweets reviewing a topic that they discuss for their continuing education. Presentation. And so that content-wise is the most I've seen. Or maybe if they've had a resident that's had something published, then they'll share that literature as well.
0: That's awesome.
2: But it's mostly like really resident-driven and centered so that no, you can get absolutely. a glimpse into what's happening at their program.
0: Did you call that a tweet tutorial? Absolutely. Oh, holy cow. That is just, I'm doing this. This is uh, This is happening today.
2: <laughs> it's great. I highly recommend.
0: We went on a tour of the University of South Alabama the other day so we could learn about all the programs available to our students here because we're a satellite campus. But they actually put us through like the actual tour. Like they sat us in the room with all the high school students and gave us the little PowerPoint presentation about South, which was really fun since there was a lot of high school students in the room they asked, the person running the thing said, how many of y'all, just by show of hands, how many of y'all have a Facebook account? And not a single one of these high school students rose their hands. And then they went and said, oh, how many of the parents have a Facebook account? You know, the parents put their hands up and things like that. So that was the first time I've experienced a, a huge generational divide where now we have a whole generation not, and it's really close. I mean, high school students to us, is just two years possibly away from doing pharmacy school, you know, if you do a two-year program in undergrad. So that's really close to getting a pharmacy school. So you have a whole generation coming in that's probably not going to be on Facebook. So is it worth it to create a Facebook account? Let's say the program has one, or any account really, it doesn't have to be Facebook, any social media account. Is it worth it just to create one of these social media accounts when if you know the program has one of these, just to interact with the program?
2: that's hard i think that the program really needs to you know create resources that are driven towards the audience they're trying to engage and so in that sense i would almost say there needs to be you know some research done into well what are uh people using these days what are you know potential candidates what is their social media of a choice and kind of gearing it towards that Versus putting all the kind of weight on the student to actively go create another, you know, potentially distraction to engage with a program, if that makes sense.
0: That makes perfect sense. That's, that's <laughs> kind of online with exactly what we heard at this conference we just went to, Taylor, where they said, "Don't you, you don't decide where your audience digests your content. Put your content out there as many places as you can. So your audience can digest it in the manner that sees them. So I like that. These progr- these old programs need to change. I know.
1: <laughs> Everybody's going to have a TikTok.
0: Oh, goodness. That's right. Taylor and I are creating ours this week.
1: TikTok account. It's not going
0: to have anything. It's just going to say, if you're on here, come come check us out on, on Twitter.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. I, I'm in a um, committee with ACCP. And we actually just had a opportunity come up to be involved in making like an educational COVID related TikTok and I was like oh my goodness I don't even have a TikTok so I said I don't know how to how to even contribute to that Mm -hmm. but it's it's amazing all the new platforms that come out
0: so what are some last minute pearls or advice you could give applicants when it comes to social media 100%
2: 100% do what you enjoy the most. So if you like Instagram, create you a professional Instagram and follow people that are helping feed your your interest in learning about what's happening in the world of pharmacy. So... Um, a couple accounts that I follow, even though that's not my mainstay, is Ivy Stewardship and the Lux Pharmacist, who is a clinical pharmacist in Boston. She's, she shares a lot of tips and stuff about residency and board certification. So if it's Twitter, good. If it's Facebook, there's people on that platform as well. If it's Twitter, Go to Twitter and just have fun with it. If you are at first, you're just uh, what we call a lurker. So you're scrolling through, not really interacting. Um, that's totally fun. Like you're still learning and it's still uh, meeting your purpose for it. And so keep on doing that. If you want to become more engaged, something that we see and that I've done previously are what we call O-TILTs. So that's one thing I learned today, O-T-I-L-T. It's an easy way to just get conver- conversation started on Twitter and get other people engaged in, in whatever you're talking about. So decide what you want, where you want to be, and 100% pursue it. And then I have a tweet that I wanted to share that I think is great when it comes to you know how you... Do This is specific to Twitter, of course, but how you do any social media. And it was by Dr. Kimberly Manning, who is a physician at Grady. And her tweet read, did you know that hashtag how you do med Twitter is 100% up to you? You can look, but not tweet. Tweet, look every day. Make a tutorial Tweet or look only on Tuesdays. Tweet or look annually at meetings only. Look, but only like in your head. Follow everyone or follow no one. Yep, do you. So whatever you feel comfortable with, go for it. And I hope you learn a lot.
1: I love that. That was perfect. Well, Madeline, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Postgraduate Pharmist today. And thank you for the lively discussion. We'll link your twitter handle in the show notes follow her at madeline belk we'll have that spelled out for you uh, down in the show notes so make sure to give her a follow and we'll link those other resources that you mentioned as well
2: well thank you all for having me and if any of the listeners have any questions or um, want to chat feel free to uh, reach out as well
1: if you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests please like and subscribe Remember, you can listen to us on all major podcast apps and don't forget to check out the show notes
0: for this episode in the description below.